You wanted the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? I bet you don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. What to do, what to do. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. This is the Winning Cures Everything podcast, number 176. It is the Wednesday, December 6th edition of the show. We have got a whole bunch of stuff to get into today. Uh, before we start, I, I can go on and give you a rundown. We're going to get into some interesting facts, some, some crazy looking figures, we're going to talk about SEC football, the craziest stories from last week. Uh, if you listen to the show on Tuesday, I gave you uh, Peter Burns from the SEC Network's surreal rankings of last week's events in the SEC. So we're going to jump all over those. Um, we'll talk about Willie Taggart to Florida State. We'll talk about uh, Chad Morris to Arkansas, uh, et cetera, et cetera, on that. Uh, we're going to jump into the sports legalization or sports gambling legalization talk. Uh, that's going on with the Supreme Court. The arguments were heard on Monday. They have not voted yet, but we'll get into that. Um, and then we'll just figure out whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Does that sound good? I'm ready. All right, so first things first. Let me go on and give you this. This is the top five highest paid coaches by average annual value of the deal based on USA Today, et cetera, et cetera, and, and the new contracts that have come out publicly. Number one is Nick Saban at eight point one million a year. Is that surprising? No, sir. Number two is now Jimbo Fisher at Texas A and M. He has a ten-year, seventy-five million dollar contract that is seven point five million dollars per year for the next ten years, completely guaranteed. If he gets fired, they owe him the whole thing. Is that's, that surprising? <laughs> y- yes, I, I, that's a lot of money. Yeah. It really is. It's a ten, it's, it's, it's not. It's not just a seven point five because I know seven's now the new number. But the ten year, like, why make it ten years? Why go a decade with this? I think you had to do that in order to get Jimbo to leave Florida State. I, I, well, I take that back. I don't know that you needed I to dis- do that. I disagree. I, I think just you could have gone. You could have gone like six, seven years. I think a five year deal at seven point five million dollars, he walks away. Probably so. Because I he think, knows if he wins, he's going to get more years. Well, a lot of it had to do with uh, the the commitment to the program from Florida State, right? He wanted 
all this crap that was going to be almost impossible to do on Florida State's campus, right? It, to get a football-only building, you would have to get rid of, like, the baseball field and, like, all this other stuff, right? So he wanted all of this stuff done the way that he wanted it, and he thought that it was uh, a disadvantage for him because Clemson does whatever they want to, but they've got the space to do it. Florida State doesn't really have the space for it. I mean, you're talking about the, the state's capital. That's right. It's, like it's, well, it's set up in a certain way. That's right. There's only so much real estate around there. Well, and, and to do it, you would have to tear down everything and just completely rebuild. And look, Bobby Bowden won at Florida State for years and didn't have any problem with any of this. You know, so that's 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 a weird situation. Uh, number three, the newest one, Gus Malzahn at Auburn is making $7 million a year. His buyout has not been announced yet. When the contract becomes public, I mean, it, his buyout is going to be huge. Absolutely massive. It's a seven-year, $49 million deal. Is that surprising to you? No. I, seven is the new number, and I don't I don't think there's – they need to make a commitment to him. Is, the is whole seven talk, really the new number, though? Because like this, When Dan the, Mullins gets seven from Mississippi State to not, Florida – He's getting 6.1. See that's the thing. That's uh, so I, I heard. I heard there was seven. So no, it's it's six point one million a year. But my and and Willie Taggart now at Florida State, which we'll get into that here in a little while. Uh, he's making five. No, but we we. we oh no, had, I think he may be six a year. We had good information that Willie was willing to come back to Florida for less. So we yeah. we understood that that he wasn't getting seven. Um, but didn't but Malzahn at Auburn seven million. That is he's made it to. To, to one national championship. He's been the offensive coordinator. At he, is, one. he won one SEC championship yep. and lost another one. That's right. He's made it to two, though. I he's, think it's funny that, that he gets this deal after being blown out in the SEC championship game. You know, like they, all of the other stuff be damned. He went nine and, or 10 and three this year. Jimbo Fisher won five football games this year and got 7.5 million. I understand that, but he averaged, he, he only had two seasons where he, uh, where he won less than 10 games a year. He won a national championship over Gus Malzahn. That's right. And he's won 10 games a year other than two in the six seasons that he's been here. One year, he won nine games. The other season was this year where his starting quarterback went out and everything just went to hell in handbasket. Five. So I, you, you don't you don't get to blame that. Look, LSU hadn't had a quarterback in fifteen years. We never would come close to sniffing five. That's because LSU was built to not win with a quarterback. Well, that's it's, it's the same you, thing as Alabama. It's that you can bring in whatever quarterback you, and they're going to win you, nine ten games. But that's you just can't have one person be part of that that important to your program. I agree. And you be paid that. You can't be compensated to be a genius, to be a great coach, and you are supposed to be the most important figure, not one player. I agree. So that so that's on him. He got 7.5, and he won five ball games. So the fact that Gus Malzahn had an unbelievable season. He beat both teams that were number one when they came to Auburn. I know they had to come to Auburn. Both huge rivalry games. Those are huge wins. I agree with that. His only other loss was a, a crazy weird game that happened at Death Valley. That stuff just happens sometimes, and that's a tough rivalry game. And then at Clemson, who the whole world consensusly believes they're the best team in the country. Yeah, that that gets me to the other ones. Here, let's get the last two out. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, $7 million a year. Yeah. Now, I can somewhat understand that because you had to pay him that to get him out of the NFL, Correct. et cetera, et cetera. 
Like, he, he is widely renowned as a great coach. Yes. You know he hadn't had a, a win against a team with a winning record I since know. last September? I've heard it all. Or October? Yep. I mean, that just blows my mind. That but, tells you how bad that program was with, that he took over from Brady Hoke, though. But, we but we need to remember he's that. three years now. This is his third year. Yes, he, he's lost a ton of players to the NFL that, that probably wouldn't have made it to the NFL without his help. And then last year... He gets to claim the injury bug this past year because it's not just the quarterbacks. Tons of players have fallen by the wayside in Michigan. That that brings me let's let's talk about this for about two seconds. Uh, Ole Miss's Shea Patterson is taking an official visit to Michigan this weekend. Correct. Do you think he fits in that offensive scheme, or do you think Harbaugh would I, find I, a way? It to, doesn't matter. To build no, it Jim's a Jim's a great offensive coach. Yeah, Jim just needs a dude that can play quarterback and he can figure this thing out. And Shea can do that. Shea's a really good quarterback. I, I think that that offense, is that is going to get me to the whole blocking players and and all this other stuff. You got that, in that's trouble. Something else we got. You talk got about. in trouble. These guys are allowed to transfer. You shouldn't be able to say where they can go and where they can't go. That's total horse crap because he was on his way to Death Valley. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. get to say no, sir. You can't play anywhere where we have to play you for the next two years. Here's uh, – well, no, Ole Miss is actually – so that's something else that popped up today. Um, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to Tom Mars too much. He he just kind of sent me a little information. I haven't written an article yet. I'll, I'll put up something eventually. Um, but uh, Pat Forty did write an article about it. Ole Miss has backed off of their, their stance where they were going to block people and whatnot. They have completely opened it up. Anybody that's on the team right now that wants to transfer, you can transfer to any school that you want. Now, that's not going to get them through the NCAA where they don't have to sit for a year. But but they, is, can, do the widely, for, yes, they it, can do the appeal to the NBA in it, NCAA. Yes, it, it is widely expected that they will grant that's any a, of those waivers. Then that's a great thing by Ole Miss. Yes. Well, it, it took it took Tom Mars being well, involved no, and representing I, like six, I, seven, I, eight, I whatever it. of the players. I don't, I don't know yeah. the exact number, but... Um, but yeah, it took it took legal representation. It's a good decision, though. Yes, I mean absolutely. At the end of the day, I don't care how we got to the right decision. I just want us to be at the right decision. Yes, that's why I, I hate the I NCAA. Agree. All right, uh, so so back to the top five highest paid coaches by average annual last guy value on the, of deal. Last guy on the list. The last guy, the number five guy, Dabo Sweeney, who I think, and I may be wrong. I think he's probably the best coach out of all these. Like, I understand Nick Saban has always and forever been the best coach in college football. I think for right now, for this point, like from this point going forward, I think Dabo Sweeney is the best coach in college football, and he's making $6.75 million a year. Well, that's because he just got that deal. And because he when won the national title. And, and when at he the got end of this year, yeah, and when he got that deal, that was a great number. That was the biggest number other than Nick. Yeah, in Harbaugh, Harbaugh's always kind yeah, of yeah. Harbaugh's always been. But up. I don't. Here's the thing, I think if I'm Dabo, I want to be right there. I want to. I want to make sure that I have enough money to pay coordinators so they don't yep. leave. If they leave me, they only leave for other head coaching jobs, and they only leave me for Power Five head coaching jobs. Nobody's leaving me to coach Western Kentucky. Yeah, like I, you know what I'm saying. I want to make sure that that never happens. But secondly, I think this Jimbo deal. Now the fact that it's ten years. There is so much pressure now 
to where if they win eight games next year, which the SEC West ain't getting worse, okay? Yeah. Mississippi State's going to be a juggernaut no matter who coaches them. They've got a ton of talent coming back. I think Orgeron going to have another recruiting class, going to be able to get that thing better. Don't know who our offensive coordinator is going to be if Canada takes a head coaching job, but I, I, we're going to figure it out. Auburn returning a lot of dudes. Bama always going to be great. What happens if his first two three years he does what what someone what, did? What someone did? They go eight and four. Well, at that point, they're stuck with him. Oh no, they're they're married to him now. But, uh, but here's here's the deal: Are they really stuck to him? Because Dude, they've got uh, they, they've got so much money. This but I'll is, tell you this, this Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher making this much money, like it's almost like only rich people get. Did you listen to the shutdown forecast this week? No, I missed it. So Ryan and those guys absolutely were cracking me up about like only rich folk get to talk to Jimbo now, and and how at the end of this thing, like six seven years in, Jimbo might buy himself out. Like he he may he may have so much money down there, he may just say, you know what, screw it. Like I'm I'm good. Because it, it, it is – look, they gave him the boots. He came in there and he trashed Florida State for a little while about their commitment to the program. Like, he talked wonderfully about Texas A&M. They flew like, him in, one dude in on a G5. Yes. Like, like you fly they, they like – They had dip- this stupid band out there playing for him like as he was coming in. You fly it's- diplomats in with, like, an entourage of security and other, like, political people – in those things like a city of of people that run a country no no we're gonna fly one dude in yes by himself in a gigantic plane it, it lets you know how bad it, like one he got offered a boatload of cash to come to oh, yeah. texas and him but man he he wanted to get away from his wife or his yeah. ex-wife so bad so bad i think he's gonna be he's gonna be doing just fine down I, there i think how, how many like think about this it, what, what's Jimbo's uh, uh, dating life going to be like? Uh, he's going to do well. Comp I mean, Station's going to be a fun place. There, there's some attractive girls. Like there oh. were attractive girls at Florida State too. But with your ex-wife hanging around, yeah, that's kind different. of a bad deal. Yeah. But but it, I mean, like how many co-eds you think Jimbo's going? And and not that he's an attractive man at all. Oh, and but he you is know, now. But think about he's all the these, best looking guy in College Station right now. Think about all these ugly old dudes that have all this money that are always hanging out with like supermodels and whatnot. We gonna see Jimbo Fisher out on like a, a, a like a fishing boat or whatever, yeah, the golf course out there, or <laughs> out of the, like with all these hot coeds and everything. I can't wait to watch that because Jimbo's a single man now. That's right, and like, he's it, a lot of fun. He's he's a fun interview. I'm glad he's in the SEC. We we went a while where SEC Media Day was unbelievable. Last year SEC Media Day was terrible because yeah. all the great personalities were gone. Well, and the only Brent, good one that you had, Brett Bielema, yeah. like is coming he, off of a crap year. Yeah, that's right. And, and he and he's now gone too. But like he, well, yeah, maybe he not. Maybe not for long. Well, maybe not. We'll talk about long. that in a second. God. Anyway, <laughs> Jimbo being in the SEC is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I do agree with. that. I just I don't think. understand the ten year deal. That's just so crazy to me. It's uh, well, look when you got more money than God, like you, you just do whatever you want to do, and that's what Texas A&M, Texas A and M did this mainly as a way to flaunt it. Do I love they said, you know what? as my head coach? They, they said, you know what? We just paid Kevin Sumlin like $10, 12000000 million, whatever it is, just to go away. We, yeah. we just wrote him a check that day. That's right. Boom. Done. Got that out of the way. Now we're going to give this next dude $75 million guaranteed. $75 million. We don't even care. Here's the deal. Do we're going to pay a five and six coach. Do I love Orgeron <laughs> as my head coach? No. Would he be my first choice? No. 
are we getting a deal at three million a year and we're winning nine games his first year in? Uh, uh, yes, I think sir. so. No, it, it yes, depends sir. on if it sticks to that. Because like, it, look, Matt Canada already wants out. Like, yeah, but that's different. That's fine. I mean, he so, wants to leave for a head coaching job, and and we kind of knew that there was a chance we could lose our coordinators to head coaching jobs. Well, I think the you didn't want to lose them to head coaching jobs. No, because I mean, hell, you're paying Canada what, like one point eight million? Mm, I think they're both making two. He's making really close. Well, one point eight is really yeah, close. Yeah, I think to two. I, I think it's one point eight, and I think that Aranda's making like one point. No, Aranda is at two. No, I thought they were both at two. No, I th- they're both a little under two. Maybe it's a random that's at one point eight, and Canada's at like one point six five or something. Like it's it's crazy money. No, for I, would, I would I would be shocked if for, no they're they're both at least at one eight. I would ass- I would I would assure you of that. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure time. it out later. We, we're not yeah. going to worry about it today. But either way, it's a whole lot of money. For coordinators, but, yeah. But they're Canada, making more than a lot of head coaches in the country. Canada's not going to get a a major league job this year. No, no. He'll get, he'll get a smaller job. But he'd though. have to get a smaller job and take a pay cut. Oh, no. You're and right. It, and it depends. It's kind of like Lane Kiffin going right. to FA. Do you want to be the head of a program or do you want to make more money and be a, at a Power 5 program? Exactly. Exactly. All right, look, let's talk some other numbers right quick. I just I, I messed with these today. I just wanted you to uh, to, to put your opinion on it. Okay. So I'm going to give you the top two, but really it's the top five uh, teams against the spread this year. Okay. And then the bottom two against the spread. Because that, it, there's a number here that there's a bunch of them tied for it and whatnot, but we'll get into that. So the top teams against the spread this year. Number one was Iowa State. They were ten and two against the spread and seven and five straight up. Great bet. Yeah. Oh, they were they were money every time I bet them. Every time, except for the stupid Texas game. God, that, like no, it, you lost the Iowa game too. No, because they uh, they were underdogs and um, they didn't cover though. No, they covered. They just didn't hit the money line. They lost by one point. Did they? Yeah, they lost forty-one or yeah, forty-two yeah, to forty-one yeah, they, or forty-one to forty, them. whatever it was. They did cover. Yeah, so like they they covered that number because I think it was like a touchdown. Um, either way, they covered that number, but I also had a bet on the money line. I lost the money line, but uh, but that's fine. Like it's you can't you can't win them all. Uh, Fresno State went nine three and one against the spread. Very rarely do you see this, by the way. They went nine and four straight up. So they won nine times. They covered nine times. Now they didn't cover. They didn't cover every game that they won, but yeah, it didn't still, work out that way. Um, but that's still a pretty cool, pretty cool number. Number three, and this is a tie between three teams. Buffalo went nine and three against the spread. They went six and six straight up. They were not supposed to be this good this year. They got left out of a bowl game. I was a little, uh, little upset about that. I thought Buffalo did good, man. So uh, you would think that like a you know the little Caesars Bowl or somebody would like throw them a bone because. Like, man, they're making people money all year. But apparently all these bowl people don't bet on games. Such a shame. Northwestern went 9-3 and three against the spread. They went 9-3 and three straight up. Same thing there. Wagered on them several times this year. They yeah, did you, well for me. You did real well on those guys. And then Wake Forest went 9-3 and three against the spread and went 7-5 and five straight up. Wake Forest, yep. you, you caught was, on to them late. Late. I was I was late to the party, but I was at the party, damn it. Oh, yeah. I went to the party. Oh, yeah, you got there. You got there before everybody passed out. That's right. The bottom two. I don't know that I touched either of these teams the whole year, and I laughed at you when you did. I bet against both of them. You did bet against them. UTEP was two nine and one against the spread. They went zero and twelve straight up. Goose like egg. They they fired their coach. Well, I think their coach technically resigned. Quit. But he they fired their coach in the middle of the year, like week eight, and brought in Mike Price. 
It's rolling, baby. <laughs> Mike Price. They went 0-12 straight up, 2-9, or 2-9-1 against the spread. Hawaii, who I bet against multiple times, and it always worked out for me, went 1-10-1 against the spread. They went 3-9 straight up. Everybody thought Hawaii was going to be pretty good this year. Now, I, I bet on Hawaii. Nope, I bet against Hawaii. Week once. And they, they covered. And, and they covered. And I was, was irritated as hell. Fraudulent. And so they covered, and then I stayed away from it for a little bit. Yep. It was literally the only game they covered all year. The rest of the year. Which is just bananas to me. So, so they that's went, the They went like 7,000 miles away, covered yes. a number, and then didn't cover a number the rest of the year. <laughs> so... Let's get into before we jump into Peter Burns's uh, rankings of of the SEC stuff. It looks like Chad Morris is going to be the next head coach at Arkansas. Now we are recording this on Tuesday night. None of this is definitive yet. It, we're, it has we're not. Guessing. Yeah, it has not broken yet. But Mike Norvell signed an extension with Memphis, five years, thirteen million dollars. Uh, the Memphis administration is committing to the program. I am excited about this. They are paying the guy $2.6 million a year. That, along with paying Tubby Smith, who is god-awful right now, they're paying Tubby $3 million a year. They're paying Mike $2.6 million a year. And they bumped Mike's uh, uh, salary pool for his assistant staff yeah. uh, up another $250,000, which is pretty awesome. Yep. So he'll get to keep some coordinators. He'll get to keep uh, you know people around. Keeping Norvell it, in Memphis is a big deal. That's that is a huge deal, and that doesn't guarantee that he will be around much longer. I thought with Taggart leaving, that he might be in a position to get that Oregon job, because his offense would play really really well out there. And could you imagine a Mike Norvell and Chip Kelly game? Yep. Good Lord, have mercy. Uh, the over under have to be a hundred. They they refused to make it a hundred several times this year, and we told them they should have. Yeah. That, well, Lord, the, the AC, uh, AAC championship game. I told you. Like, it, you took the over at 84 and a half. Yeah. And it, it way, way paid. Oh, that was easy. That it, was like it middle of the 30. third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> middle of the third quarter, I was done. Yeah. Just Done, done. That's right. Cash All right. And checks. The, the other side of this, uh, you and I haven't really spoken much since, uh, since Tennessee made Phil Fulmer their athletic director. There were talks over the weekend that he had reached out to Les Miles. It doesn't look like Miles is going to get the job. Um, I said this a few weeks ago, that I had good information that it Miles is going to talk to a whole lot of people, but he doesn't really want a job. He just has to show like in good faith that he's attempting to get a job. Uh, otherwise, like LSU, if he's not attempting to get a job, LSU can stop paying him as much as they're paying him just to go away. He just wants to keep collecting that check and stay down at LSU and and go call ball games and whatever. Eventually, he wants to work in that LSU athletic department. He He's waiting for somebody to walk in that office and throw Joe Alita out of building. Yeah, that's, that's what he's I'll waiting. do that, by the way. Anybody in Baton Rouge <laughs> that needs somebody to do that, I'm not a violent man, but I think I could push an old man out a window. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But you wouldn't even have to push him out the window. I think you could just pick him up and bring him out. Just carry him like a baby. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. I think it'd be fine. So that that's the deal with uh, Les Miles. Fulmer has reached out to T. Martin. I don't think Martin's ready for that job yet. 
Um, I'm hearing Kevin Steele. I'm hearing just all sorts of ridiculous names. Names that should not be brought up for this job. Uh, Kevin Steele won one game in three years at Baylor back in the 80s. He hadn't been a head coach since. One game in 33 conference games. But Greg Schiano wasn't good enough because he went barely 500. Exactly. Now, here is the other name that has started popping up as of this afternoon. And we'll see what kind of, you know, we'll see what it does. But Fulmer has talked to Brett Bielema. Brett's a good man. I, I, I mean, I would love it. Brett's I would hate that man. he's a Tennessee because, you know, obviously Alabama fan here. I don't like Tennessee. I'm always going to hate Tennessee. But... Man, he sure would keep the uh, the SEC media days interesting. Oh, I I I love Brett. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a lot entertaining. I think he's a good coach. I think whenever he gets on somewhere, I I think Brett should probably try to get a a non Power Five job just to just well, to get his, that just or, to get his gears back yeah, together. Either that or or go back into uh, the Midwest or or somewhere that doesn't have put him in the MAC and he would just be. Awesome. Yeah, give him some place that doesn't have the amount of pressure on it. Because even the pressure at Arkansas became a little too much. Give me like a Wednesday night game with Brett Bielman. Oh, oh dude, oh, I'd I'm be all, all in. over it. All over it. I'd be all in. Not that he's not a good enough coach to take it. I mean, hell, he's better than the last two coaches Tennessee's had, so I didn't even I didn't even ask your opinion on the Arkansas deal. But how do you feel about Chad Morris? I think Chad Morris is a good coach. I'm curious to see what he'd do at Arkansas. I don't know. I mean I I kind of have no clue about some of these guys. I, I I think some of these guys are really good coaches. But how are they going to do in these locations? We have kind of seen athletic departments control more things than just the coaches. And and if you have a stable athletic department, then you can be good even if you don't have the greatest coach. And you can spend all the money in the world on, on, on coaching. But if your athletic department's unstable – for some reason, it doesn't equate to wins. I I don't I don't really know all the ins and outs of that, and I don't really know where Arkansas stands. Well, I think the fact that they fired their AD because he wouldn't do their bidding, uh, it kind of gives you an idea. Like it, the the lunatics are running the uh, running the insane asylum, you know. Like that's that's kind of how it is. So, at, I mean, we'll have to see. What happens there? I I think Mike Norvell is a better coach than Chad Morris. I, I think Norvell brought over a better system. Now I did have, and you know that I end up getting all of these tips, and I have people that that tell me stuff where they won't allow me to use their names and all that good stuff. But uh, I was told that there is something on Mike Norvell's record that basically all Power Five schools kind of blacklisted him this year. I don't know. That's really weird. That's I mean it it and it's it has turned up, you know that that no power five school like I thought he was a shoe in for the Arkansas job, like I thought that was a guarantee. He knows the area. He's from Arkansas. His wife is from Fort Smith. Like that's it's the perfect spot for him. But for whatever reason, they decided to go the Chad Morris route, hmm. and I, I don't. I don't know what it is. I've kind of tried to dig around a little bit. I've got some people that are that are fairly closely uh, connected to Norvell, and and nobody knows. But I have heard it from multiple people now that there's something in in his background, in Norvell's background, and I have no it. 
Hell, it might just be the cornrows that he was wearing when he was playing at Central Arkansas. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. I, it doesn't make any sense. But it it is a little weird that he did not end up with one of these Power 5 jobs, and he has now signed an extension at Memphis. So um, let's go on and jump into uh, Peter Burns from the SEC Network's surreal ranking of last week's events in the SEC. Okay. Number one, he's got the Tennessee coaching search. This whole thing is a dumpster fire. It is the exact... If you look in the dictionary, next to dumpster fire, you got the Tennessee coaching search. They have already spent over $13 million on this coaching search, and they ain't got a coach, and now they got Fat Phil back as the AD. Come on now. That's... Dude, Come on now. No, I love Fat... No, I love no, Phil no, Fulmer. No, no. That's a shot. That's that a ain't shot. a shot. That's, That's a, a shot. That was his nickname for years. That's a shot. <laughs> Shot. I, I look, think look it's through a little, the, look through that Alabama Alabama fan base and and keep careful what you call names. So that's a shot. <laughs> go go look up. Go talk to any Tennessee fan. That's what he's known as. Well, that's not a shot. That's that's his feels, nickname. Feels a great football man, and I think he's the right man for this job because right he brings now. he bring. I think forever until he doesn't want to do it anymore. And the reason being is because he brings the most important thing that Tennessee needs right now: stability. That here's the only issue that I. He's the an, reason he's he got an adult over. in the room. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I do agree with that. Um, the reason that the Curry thing did not work out is because he's he's, he's a Haslam. child. Well, no, he's room. Haslam's guy. Like it, it's it, there is a a problem between, and we talked about this last week. There's a problem between the Tennessee fan base and the administration and whatever, and Jimmy Haslam just wanting to run this thing his way. So he brings in his lackeys to do it. At at all of these major institutes back in the day, it was easier to run an athletic department with like an old football coach. You know, you, you could do that and get away with it. Now these things are multi-million dollar businesses. If you got somebody in there that does not understand what it meant. Now, if, if Phil is just a figurehead and you've got somebody in there that's running the numbers and doing all that kind of stuff, then then that's cool. And I'm sure they probably do. But here's the problem. All the areas where they don't have a football man as their athletic director do not do well consistently. I think the school has to have a football man, not necessarily a former coach, but somebody who understands and and gets football. All these schools that used to Memphis was that way. It was a basketball school for years, and 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 uh, oh god, Cal Cal Perry <laughs> went out and made it clear. I have basketball taken care of. You need to hire somebody. To run this athletic department, that's a football guy. Well, hold on. Calipari did not leave until after R.C. Johnson was gone. No, I mean, well, uh, I'm not did, saying no, that's did why not he leave left. until he didn't. He left before R.C. Johnson. I, was I gone. get that, but everybody in Memphis will tell you he laid the groundwork for the football program getting better facilities and and better a better commitment to being good at football. I don't. I'm not going to give Calipari that credit because oh, no. Calipari took all the funding. In the world, he, no, sir. There's he did a ton not give of a, people that will tell you that Cal pushed for them to invest in football. It's the first thing he did when he got to Kentucky. They didn't listen to him, but it's the first thing they did when he got to Kentucky. What he do? You have to stop being just a basketball school. You have to put money in football because football. No matter what I do at basketball, I'm never going to make an 
inkling, a blimp on the radar compared to what our school funding can make if we're good at football. He understands that. He knows that the man in the office needs to be a football guy, and that is a basketball dude through and through, but he understands money. Well, that that was part of the problem at Memphis was R.C. Johnson was basketball, basketball, basketball. And that's what carried Memphis for years, so that's why all it should have been. That's all Kentucky had ever been. And Cal got in there, and the first thing he said was, if you want me, I need this to be a football school. Yeah, and that's they went out and got Mark Stoops after that. Yeah, they started right. putting you're a right. ton of money in the facilities. Memphis didn't do it until after he left, but he had been screaming from the rooftops they needed to. Yeah. Okay. okay. So so I think having a good football I don't know how complicated it is to run an athletic department. I've been an administrator at multiple different levels. It's not something that I have ever found to be very difficult, no matter what the job. They're all the same. You manage people, you manage budgets, you manage income and outcome, and you manage projects. That's, I mean, it's not a complicated thing. Well, but you, you have to understand what your bread maker is. That's and, right. And so even at Alabama, they had a, a guy named, uh, uh, the president was Andrew Sorensen, and he did not give a crap about the football program. And this was back in the mid-90s when Gene Stallings resigned. When they brought in a guy from Texas Tech for AD named Bob Bockrath. And they ran the program into the ground because they did not believe – like, he just wasn't a football guy. He didn't, didn't understand be- it. He didn't, didn't understand get it. it. Yeah. After he leaves, they bring in uh, President Dr. whatever Witt, Robert Witt. And when he comes in, he, he's got Mal Moore as his AD. They understand they have to get the football hire right. That's right. That, so they stop at nothing to make sure that they get Nick Saban. They have to have Nick Saban. Don't care what it costs. We're going to get Nick Saban. Yep. You're flying to Miami, and you're going to sit outside Saban's house. And if you don't get Saban, just fly to Cuba because it, it won't. nothing else will matter. Like if we bring in somebody that is less than Saban, and it's not because the fans wouldn't get behind whoever they bring in. It's because we're not going to make the money that we... He understood the importance that football is. I mean, LSU was the court. same way. LSU has been a baseball school for 100 years. Yes. They have more national championships than anybody in the world at baseball. It is what has kind of gotten them a lot of fame. But they are a football... I mean, Louisiana is a football state, and they are the flagship state of Louisiana. They're the only one that's really powerful. And and it wasn't until bef- like the guy that made the hire for Nick Saban, same thing. They had to get a baseball man out of there, and they had to get a football guy in. Yeah, it was. Uh, and Skip Bergman was there, yeah. and and whatnot. And Skip, so. and Skip is a legend. But at, at, see, that, the LSU. thing was, uh, the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, was the the president at LSU at the mm-hmm. time. Yes, and I mean that was that was necessary because you had to have a president that understood that football is. Like, it's the front porch. It is the single biggest advertising mechanism that you have. Like, the guy down at Florida Atlantic understands this, right? They had been a terrible program for years. You remember uh, Howard Schnellenberger was was all right there. He won another conference championship there in, like, his 80s, I guess, 70s, 80s. Um, But they had been terrible ever since. Just absolutely got awful. They are in a prime location. You bring in somebody, and it doesn't. With Lane, you know what you're getting. Lane Kiffin is, you can call him immature, you can call him whatever. He's a Twitter troll, he's all this stuff. But all of that stuff brings publicity to the school. Their enrollment is up over 35% from just from out of state. The amount of money that that brings into university is unbelievable. 
I mean, the same thing happened with Alabama and Nick Saban. Once you start winning at football, I mean, it, you you start making money hand over fist. Just unbelievable. Yeah. So you got to have a football guy. So I think Phil is important. I think he should keep that job as long as he wants it or as long as he's capable of doing it. Number two on the list, that that was number one and number three, by the way. Yeah. Number two is Alabama loses the Iron Bowl and still makes the college football playoff. Now, one, it is incredible to see Auburn do what they did. And because of their two losses early in the year and then their loss in the SEC championship game, they now have to play UCF. And that ain't an easy thing. They're no, favored sir. by 10. Man, they shouldn't be. I don't think they should be. I think UCF has a real shot at this because it, it, we've seen this happen before. Alabama in 2008, they're playing for a shot at a national championship. They're ranked number one. They're playing number two Florida in the SEC championship game. They lose the game. They go to the Sugar Bowl after that. They get basically blown out 31-17 by Utah. It's the same thing. There's a team that wants it more. One team's happy to be there. The other team's pissed off. How how mad are the fans going to be if Gus Malzahn loses this game to UCF? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've seen it a hundred times. I mean, it's a bowl game. If I'm Gus Malzahn, I make sure Johnson doesn't get hurt or maybe even doesn't even play in it. You know, I, I just want to get my team ready for the next year. All I'm using this for is getting those extra practices in and figuring out who are going to be my key players next year. Who am I losing? to the NFL and who are going to be my key players. And if you're going to the NFL, you can dress, you can get a couple of snaps in, but I need to use this game to get ready for next year. And if you're a fan and you don't get that, then you don't understand the game. Yeah, that's on you then. I do I do not care if we win or lose this game. LSU is going to be in that same situation if Canada takes a head coaching job before then. Then then I would immediately find out who's going to the NFL and who's not. Okay. Then all you guys are welcome to dress and you're welcome to play, and we'll rotate you in. But you will not dominate the carries and dominate the game the way you normally would. Yeah. Because I care about next year. Our season is over with. This bowl game is a parade. It is a party. It's an exhibition. It, it's, but it is like, an exhibition, yeah. and I'm going to treat it as such. And I want to win it. I think it'll be fun to win it. But I care more about getting these practices in and getting my team ready for next year. I, I completely That's understand. That's what I that. care about. Tell me about Alabama getting in the playoff. What were your thoughts? I, that didn't bother me. I I, I I don't think it really bothered anybody. Like I, 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 I think most people would understand. Like, it, And you watched the ESPN thing, right? No, I didn't watch a minute of it. Really? I turned it on the football game. The NFL started that day. No, right yeah, at but noon. No, I thought the uh, – no, It they, started right at noon. It was like 1130 when they did no, the announcement. No, it wasn't. It was yeah, right at noon. No, I watched the whole thing before any of the NFL games started. Sunday countdown ends right at noon. Yeah. Sunday countdown ended. The college football game thing started. That means NFL games were kicking off. I was watching the Patriots game. <laughs> no. It was, I'm I, telling you, it was But here's my thing. Do I need to see it? No. I literally got an alert on my phone that went through and said, these are the four. All and of I'm the watching guys, the Patriots game. All of the guys on ESPN claimed like said straight up Alabama is a better football team but I think they will put Ohio State in because politically it is like it to keep Jim Delaney happy to keep part of the country happy whatever what's well, not part of the country all four teams are from the south well no no you uh, don't o- don't give me Oklahoma not in the south Oklahoma's midwest Oklahoma's not mid are you have you seen a globe 
Oklahoma you know is funny? not Midwest. You know what's funny? In in the next however many years, you and I both believe that Oklahoma is going to be in the, the SEC. SEC. Yeah. So really, this, they, this is they, kind of they are a part of the South, and we have two teams, Florida and Georgia. You could hit a golf ball from uh, Georgia and and uh, Clemson. Clemson. You could hit a golf ball real hard, and you're rolling it from one campus to the other. Oh yeah. Like oh, it. Yeah. Like this is so so in a way, yeah. This is not geographically convenient to the rest of the to the country. It does. I don't think any of those things matter, and here's the reason why. I still think the TV ratings are going to be insane. I, I, that might be, but I don't think. I think you 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 had a good idea, but you're you're just wrong on the the three year deal. Um, oh, on the TV and, ra- yeah, on my article, three year old. Yeah, and, just, and you may be right. I, I'm, I'm not I'll maybe I'm, right. I'm a hundred percent. Like there's no maybe. Two plus two equals four. Last year, they were debating between Penn State and Washington. Penn State had world's better, world's better uh, TV ratings than Washington ever could have. I look at it like this. You look at it the way it fits your narrative. You can't do that. It was never between Washington and Penn State. It was 100% between Washington and Penn State, and everybody in the country knew that. You knew that until you wanted to write this article. No, the whole debate was always Ohio State and Penn State because Penn State had a win over Ohio State, and they had the Big Ten Championship, which Ohio State did not have. That's why there was a debate. Like, Washington was always going Ohio to be in that Ohio State thing. was always going to be in that thing. At no point in time was Ohio State not going to be in. See, that's what's nuts to me. At that's no point in time. You can think it's nuts all you want. You can think it's nuts Look, all the, you want. The official, it's the same reason Alabama's in this year. The official debate. They had, they had one loss. Year, they had one loss. And yeah. that was it. That I'm, was it. I'm with you. The same with Washington. Washington, didn't, like, they didn't have the resume that Ohio State did, but they had a conference championship. They had all that blah, 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 blah. Washington was never not going to be in that thing. Ohio State. I, I disagree. Ohio State and Penn State were the official debate. That was what everybody on ESPN was talking about. That's I'm telling you. That's across the country. It was never between Washington and Penn State. You just it was, we're gonna disagree and, that's and you're fine. gonna have that's to fine. be wrong. But either way, either way, the debate in from from the national narrative yeah. was Ohio State TCU Baylor in the first year. In the third year it was Ohio State Penn State. This year it was Ohio State Alabama. Every single year, the team that had the higher regular season TV ratings because got you get in. to fix this thing where Washington was fourth, but they it just it is not true. It's just not right. It's just it's just not. It was between Penn State and Washington, and Penn State had way better TV ratings. If they wanted better TV ratings, they'd have thrown Penn State in. They'd have left Washington out. I do, I do kind of think that your idea on if you lose by thirty, you can't get in this. You thing, just can't. Like I that, think that's, I think that's a big part. Because I had this conversation with with one friend from Ohio that 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 I have that was you know well they they were under the narrative that if we don't play Oklahoma and we play a high school team then we get in and I thought no you don't because now you're 12 and 1 but your resume your strength of schedule which is helping you in this is now hurt considerably and you still have a 30 point loss to a, a non-ranked team that has like seven losses on the season yeah like you're one of their four wins. That doesn't help you. Giving up 55 points. You know the last time Alabama gave up 55 points in a game? Oh god. I saw this today. No. 1906. Yeah. 1906. God. 
Nobody cares. That's bananas, right? Nobody cares. That's bananas. That's a, that's ridiculous that you know that. Last time Alabama got beat by 31 points was you, like 1980. Everything comes back to Alabama. <laughs> everything comes back to Alabama. That's because the debate is between the two, or at least it was. There's a lot of these things that have nothing to do with Alabama that you just throw weird tidbits in that somehow well, it's bring because it, it relates and because I, I'm, I'm up on the history of that. Okay. I'm not as big on the history of the other stuff because I, I never followed it. Yeah. I grew up an Alabama fan. What am I supposed to do? Well, well right now, we cover all of college football. So we do right we now. Gotta, so we got to kind of So recent history I'm in on. It's it's the stuff from like the mid-90s and the 80s and whatnot that I'm still not quite I'm still not quite up there on yet, but I'm learning. I'm so, learning. Alabama making the playoffs, it doesn't matter to me. I will tell you, and I've made this clear, it, it wouldn't have bothered me, and everyone's going to tell me I'm ridiculous for it. Put UCF in. Just put them in just to piss everybody off. I, I figure one of these podcasts that we do, we're going to jump into uh, the, another possibility for the playoff. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to talk about that. I, well, we've I, gone pretty long I, very, today. Very but. simple. Very, very simple. I don't understand because you'd have gotten the same four you got now. Why the hell did we blow up the BCS? The BCS was fine at getting us the two best teams. If that's what we want, it was very good at that. Why did we blow that up? Why didn't we just keep the BCS – and just say, we're going to make it four teams now. How how complicated would that have freaking been? Well, it's basically what we've got now anyway. No, I mean, it's, it's not. Like, now we have a bunch of people that go into a room and argue and bitch about it, and you have a lot of political influences in that room that you would not have if you used the BCS system. I agree with that. I agree. The reason the BCS was blown up, and you know this as well as I do, was LSU-Alabama in 2011. But that's the thing. You, you didn't want... Two conferences to play for the national championship like that. Okay, add two more teams and just keep the same BCS. And if you end up with it, you end up. This year we could easily have an Alabama Georgia thing. I don't think we will, but we could. As far as Vegas lines go, that's that's what they're looking at. Yeah. We we both know that's probably not going to happen. Vegas has been wrong. That's look. Times. I, I as an Alabama fan, I'm glad Alabama got in. I fully expect Clemson to absolutely roll these dudes. Yeah. I, I know that Alabama's going to be healthy. A lot, sure a lot of things are going to be different, but 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 look, what I like about yeah. Clemson's team and what I like about Bama's team are completely different. I I think that Jalen Hurts is a younger version of J T. Barrett, and I, I, I just I, agree with that. I just don't think that 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 team. I don't think the offensive line is as good. Like they're not going to be able to stop Clemson. No, like period. Um, they they got to get some kind of a game plan together, and if Brian Dable finds some game plan that works. I will give him all the credit in the world. The biggest thing this year will be exactly what it was last year. One, I know that Deshaun Watson had to play the game of his life to win the national championship, but Alabama's defense was better. These two year. teams are different than last year's team. Way different. Both of these teams, the defense on Clemson is world's better than defense. This will not be a 40-40 to 40 game. This will not be as high scoring this, as the this last will be two lucky times. to be higher scoring than twenty four seven. Yeah, these this will not be what what the last two two times were. Now this, if you look at the Auburn Alabama game, take the point total from that, which was what forty, it, it probably about the same. Probably I could, about the yeah, same. I could see that. That'd be real close to what I would guess. So over under twenty four fourteen, twenty four seventeen, Clemson, something like that. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably roll with that. But we'll we'll get into all those predictions and whatnot later on. We're we're gonna do bowl previews for a bunch of this crap. Um, but the Georgia game, like Georgia and Oklahoma, like that's I think that's going to be a pretty good game. I, I, Baker Mayfield is so good. He's so good, but I don't think he's seen a defense like Georgia's. No, I'm curious to see that game. I 
part of me thinks that Oklahoma's going to kill them. I think Oklahoma may kill everybody. Like I, I think I think their offense I, is so is, good right now. I, I, this SEC guy's going to hate me. I really want to see a Clemson Oklahoma national championship game. It'd be I mean look I it'd think be a lot of fun. I think that's the best game as far as entertainment value goes. I think, I think 100%. that's I think that's the best game. That's because if you get Clemson Georgia, or even Alabama Georgia, yeah. Like what we want is Baker Mayfield playing for a national championship. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, on a big screen. That's right. That'd be fun. Uh, the number four thing in this, Jimbo to A&M. We already talked about that a little bit. Um, good Lord. Good Lord. $75 million guaranteed over 10 years. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun. He, a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to see what kind of co-eds he's got hanging around him. Cannot wait. Number five, Dan Mullen to Mississippi State. Or to uh, to Florida from Mississippi State. I mean, look, with all the other hires and whatnot that are going on, with, with all the other crap that's happening, this has kind of flown under the radar a little bit. I think Mullen fits there. Mm. Like, yeah. I didn't think it at first. And, and the see, more I, don't I, get the, out, I don't get this whole fit thing. Like, this is where you and I disagree. I think if you're a good coach, you go to a school, you do a good job. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm talking about just on the press circuit right now. But, like, had he, looks had like he taken guy. the Tennessee job, had he taken the Arkansas job or a Florida State job. I think he would have won a Tennessee. Or any of these jobs, I think he would have been a quote-unquote great fit because I think he's a good coach. I think he's I think he's a better fit at Florida. <laughs> I don't, not, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. I think it makes perfect sense. He's a really good coach. Wherever he goes, the school's football program is going to take his identity. I'm discussing, so the fit is irrelevant. I'm discussing personality. His personality matches the fan base at Florida. And I think it's they like to be tools. You're right. They like to troll the shit out of people. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's that's right. where I'm. But Tennessee's pretty as good far at as fit being tools. Also, whenever I say fit, I'm always talking about personality. Nick Saban fits at Alabama because he's an he, asshole. Boom! You you hit that one right on the head. Yeah, I get it. So look, that's is what it is. Uh, number six on this list: Georgia wins the SEC championship by blowing out Auburn after being blown out by Auburn three weeks ago. Uh, those two blowouts aren't the same. Explain. All right. Auburn was hurt. Their best player, without question, was not able to play. He tried to play. Playing hurt actually hurt his team. Okay. So that's not the same. And uh, like 17-point, 20-point blowout is not the same as 30-plus. Well, it was 21 and 23. So. Georgia lost by 23. Auburn lost by 21. So, and they lost without Johnson playing playing two, at 100%. two-thirds of the game. I agree. I agree. This is not the same. Not, not even close to the same. You, see, you and I thought that, that Auburn would still be able to win this game just based on their line play. Yeah. And we were way wrong. Way wrong. Here, the well, Georgia's, thing, de- Georgia's defense did so much more than I ever thought they would. The biggest thing that happened in that first game were all of the mental mistakes. No, because Georgia still made them in this game. No, no, no. They, there they was like three or four – Personal foul penalties that happened on special teams that were exact same thing that they did in the other game. It just didn't matter because Auburn couldn't score. But other than that, no, they still they made in, a lot of those same mistakes. I think they were in different spots. Well, yeah, because in the first game, you're down by 14, and when you make that mistake, it, it really hurts you. And the other team's and offense kind of is running, yeah, running, running crazy through you. No, they have just about the same amount of personal fouls in this game. No, they're still a really sloppy team. And all those things come on special teams, which kill you. Oh, yeah. They'll, kill you. They'll always kill you. 
Uh, but this time it wasn't turnovers and whatnot. It was just yeah, it was just yeah. penalties. It was penalties that that cost you yardage. That mm-hmm. somehow you found a way to make up. Uh, number seven, which this thing got tossed all the way down to the bottom, the Ole Miss sanctions. Ole Miss is going to appeal the bowl ban. They're appealing uh, some of the recruiting. Uh, not the number of scholarships, but the yeah. amount of time that they can recruit and have kids on campus for uh, unofficial visits and whatnot. It, this, like any other time of the year, I think the NCAA almost did Ole Miss a favor. Like any other time of the year, this would have been... They in no way did them a favor. No, they could have dropped this thing three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, it would have been the biggest story in sports. Okay, no one ca- who cares now it would it's have been tiny the, it would have been the biggest story for five minutes we know this game it would have been the biggest story for five minutes the day that it dropped if Tennessee's not setting stuff on fire then it was the biggest story that day and then three days later it would have gone away true it was the day before the SEC championship game it was yeah yeah um it look it this it's a big deal it's not nearly as big a deal as it could have been nope um Ole Miss I mean it, they they did all right. They did good. Apparently, their uh, their lawyer team and whatnot uh, stood up well. Hugh Freeze, it looks like, is uh, is set. You know, our buddy John Martin over at uh, 92.9 in Memphis, he believes that now if Mike Norvell had left. Yeah, he would have gotten the Memphis he job. He wanted Hugh Freeze to get the Memphis job. I don't think he would have gotten it. I, don't I think know Memphis there's a lot of Memphis people that that's not an unpopular opinion. Yeah, oh, I agree. I, there were a lot of people that thought had him hey, lined up for this job. Yeah, um, I, I thought for a little bit. I told you that that he could end up at LSU as the offensive coordinator. I don't think that that happens. I did not realize this. I've been told by multiple people because I, I put that in one of my articles. Yeah, I've been told by multiple people that that Ed Orgeron and Hugh Freeze do not get along. Like that 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 is not some kind of happy go lucky relationship. Um. Initially, he liked Hugh Freeze, but apparently, and this is all hearsay. This is just I'm I'm repeating what I was told. Hugh Freeze is the one that led the coup to get Ed fired. Ed fired at Ole Miss, and the reason being, he thought because he was put in as the interim, he he knew he was going to be put in as the interim because he's buddies with Sean Tui and and the other yep. boosters and whatnot up there. He thought he was going to get the job. Because it's kind of the same thing that Ole Miss did this go round, right? That's it's right. Like we're we're not even going to wait up, uh, wait out the sanctions. We're just going to put an Ole Miss guy That's in right. here, and Hugh Freeze is an Ole Miss guy. He thought he had the job, and then the athletic director and whatnot went in and hired Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt didn't want to keep him on staff. I mean, it's it, it's why he doesn't like Houston Nutt now. So the whole thing is is a little goofy, but it Hugh makes Freeze, me feel good. I hope that I hope that, that information is accurate because if it's not, I could easily see him. If Canada takes a head coaching job, I could easily see him jumping in there, getting in that getting that job. That's I mean, I, I, there were rumors all over the place that it was going to be Gus Malzahn at Arkansas with Hugh Freeze as the OC and Shea Patterson as their quarterback. Which look for Arkansas, that would have been fantastic. But I mean, if it gets to Shea Patterson, I think I'd swallow the huge <laughs> situation. <laughs> I've never had a I've never had a quarterback that good ever. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? It'd be a whole lot of fun. It'd be really hard to deal with, though. You think there's any way that that Ed Orgeron can get Shea Patterson? Mm, yeah, I don't think that it's impossible. 
I don't think it's impossible either. I, I, I just, do think if he's going to Michigan, it's going to be really hard because Harbaugh, once guys go up there, it's really hard for him to let those guys leave. That's that's entirely true. Uh, number eight on this was Gus getting a seven-year $49 million extension uh, after being blown out in the SEC championship game. Um, we already talked about that. Number nine, and the last thing that we'll talk about on here, we've already talked about it a little bit in uh, one of the podcasts last week, Mississippi State hires Joe Moorhead. How you feel about that? I mean, I have I have no idea how to feel about this. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week. Not, you, you didn't it, understand why they wouldn't just I don't know the rush. Wait out. I they, just didn't get the rush. That's all. I'll tell you what. He's already been on the recruiting trail. Well, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, his job. Crazy on the recruit. Like he's been all over this place. You know, he was in Olive Branch uh, on Monday. Hmm. Yeah, he was up here. Uh, they've got two guys from Olive Branch committed, and he was up here making sure they're still committed. And they are all in on this dude. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this guy. It's good. Apparently he knows what he's doing. Well, so we'll we'll see what happens next year when he's got 18 guys back. He, and he's going to be loaded. Yeah. Next year's going to be a hard year to actually, and we need to remember this, to judge him. Yeah. Because he's going to have so much talent. I really believe almost anybody that's, that's a half-decent coach would do well next year at State. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to jump into our uh, picks and whatnot. We've already gone almost an hour on this one. So tomorrow, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court uh, argument and whatnot about the sports gambling legalization bill with uh, Chris Christie and the state of New Jersey against the NCAA. But for now, we gone. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.